freebies reportedly closing, a rumor Amazon rejects. YouTube remains tops in connected TV. Peacock and Paramount Plus may be combining, and Noggin is no more. Listen now. the stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News and that was Colin Dixon from Industry Media at the top there. Hi Colin, how is everything on your end? It's doing great Will. Uh, lots of uh, rumors and and gossip in our industry in the last week or so that I think we're going to talk about some of it this morning. That's certainly been occupying my term, my time. I love the rumors. It's always great to hear what people think other companies are going to do. One thing that did turn out not to be a rumor at all was Walmart buying Vizio. That actually completed this week. So if you listened to the podcast last week, you heard our discussion of that. So you might want to go back and check that out. Uh, But yeah, that at least was confirmed this week. Yeah, the reports of that came out just last week and we were discussing it. And then it was announced the uh, the deal was announced earlier this week. So yeah, that went pretty quickly from rumor to fact, which is unusual in our industry. So um, we have another rumor to start the week, (laughs) to start the podcast this week. And I think you're going to get into it for us. I am. And what what happened was that uh, I think it was on Thursday, Adweek reported uh, that Amazon had plans to sunset Freebie. And it's just a review. Freebie is a fast service, a free ad-supported streaming TV service that Amazon runs. It has a ton of linear channels. It has a ton of on-demand content. It's available on a bunch of different platforms, not just on Amazon-owned platforms. And so that's what uh, was reported by Adweek. The publication seemed to think that the action was being taken to allow the company to focus on its advertising efforts on Prime Video, uh, which, of course, has just turned on ads for all its users. That was last month. But I've got to tell you that um, that didn't last long before Amazon was denying it. I think within hours of the Adweek piece, Amazon had talked to Variety and said, quote, there are no changes to Freebie. Freebie remains an important streaming offering, providing both prime and non-prime customers thousands of hit movies, shows, and originals all for free. And I have to admit, Will, that I was kind of surprised when I saw the rumor that it was going to close, out-out close Freebie. And the reason is simply that Freebie is... Amazon's only fast service available off of Prime Video platforms. And the reason the reason I think it's imp- so important to Amazon is that it's not just available in the US, it's also available in UK and Germany. And particularly in Germany, when you think about that market, people are pretty reluctant to pay for TV there. Penetration of pay TV has historically been very light in the German market. They really prefer free. And Freebie, Amazon has done very, very well in Germany with Prime Video. Uh, and Freebie gives them an opportunity to capture the free streaming market, or a large chunk of the free streaming market there. So 
I, I was very surprised to hear the rumor that they were thinking of sunsetting mm -hmm. the, the service. Uh, but I will say that one of the things that this really highlights is Amazon's free and ad-supported strategy on CTV, I think is really confusing. Well, it's confusing for us in the industry, and I think it's confusing for people who just generally, you know, just viewers. So anyway, that was what was announced. What do you think? Do you think Freebie should be shuttered? Yeah, well, I, first of all, I, I totally hear you about it being the only video service that's available to non-Prime members. And I think way back when, when Freebie was launched, we talked about how strategically important that felt for uh, Amazon as a way of um, using video to help uh, benefit the uh, Prime business as an on-ramp for people to watch video there and then move over into subscribing to Prime to promote video, um, pr pr promote shows that are available on Amazon Prime Video to Freebie users. It also, I think importantly, gave Amazon an on-ramp into the CTV advertising uh, market, which of course now it's going after very aggressively by inserting ads into Prime Video. So it seems to me like Freebie and the international angle, which you mentioned as well. Uh, so it seems to me like Freebie has served multiple roles for Amazon. I think the issue though is, you know, we're going to discuss here in a second. The issue is that uh, with ads having been introduced into Prime Video, it has become a somewhat confusing experience for viewers who may toggle, who may be toggling between uh, Freebie and Prime Video if they have paid the extra $3 not to get uh, ads in Prime Video. So um, I, I know you, ha you have some thoughts on, on that as well. I certainly do. And that's, that's one thing that I think has been very confusing for users full stop, right? Because it's Freebie is so well merged into the Prime experience the it, it's actually pretty difficult to tell the difference when you're watching between when you're watching a freebie provided show and a prime video provided show and it's even more difficult will because amazon has been producing originals for freebie you have bosch legacy and you have leverage redemption these are both released on freebie so you're going to watch them with ads but then again, when you watch The Marvelous Miss Maisel or, um, you know, one of the other Amazon shows, Amazon Prime Video shows, you watch that without ads. And it's even worse now that they've introduced ads because if you decide to upgrade, they're telling you, oh, well, if you want to if you want to watch, continue to watch without ads. I was on the website just yesterday looking at this. They really, they talk about watch without ads, $2.99, watch without ads, you know. And so you get through the sign-up process. And then in little letters at the bottom, it says, upgrade to watch Prime movies and TV shows without ads, subscription auto-renews, cancel anytime, live TV, freebie, and channel subscriptions excluded. So now... You sign up, you decide you're going to pay your $2.99 to watch without ads, and you will still see ads in freebie content. This is just confusing to users. I don't care that Amazon is is carving out freebie. It's, an, it's very artificial. 
and I think users and I, if I was signing up for ad free, would be very annoyed that this is happening. And I may not. Well, I, I am not going to sign up for ad free. Um, so I think Amazon really needs to resolve this confusion. Now, closing Freevee and folding it into Prime Video might be the way that they go about doing that. But if they do that, they better make sure that that X freebie content is watched ad free for people that pay to watch ad free. So <laughs> I maybe maybe these rumors got started, Will, because Amazon has just been besieged by people that are pissed off about the fact that they started paying two ninety nine a month and are still seeing ads in content. So I, th- I think they really need to clear this up um, for users and, and make it a much, much more clear experience. And maybe the way of clearing it up is to, you know, as Adweek suggests, simply to drop the Freevee uh, brand and just fold everything into Prime Video. And either you're paying to not see the ads or um, you're not paying and you see the ads, regardless of the right, content, right. as you said. I mean, the chances are people who want to watch stuff in Freevee, in the US at least, are just going to go to Prime Video. I mean, my, everybody's got it, right? I think I think uh, more than half of the population of the US right now has access to Prime Video through through their Prime membership. And they probably just go in, They that's why they don't know that Freevee exists. Many people don't even know it exists, right? Because... They just go into Prime Video and they find the content there. So here it, it may not make much difference. It's, it's other markets like the UK and Germany where Freevee could be extremely valuable. Valuable, And, you know, to be honest, they've not really done a good job of promoting Freevee here. And as I say, that could be because Prime Video sort of supersedes it. And that's where everybody goes anywhere. So it's, as I say, it seems to maybe make sense here to close it. But I'm not sure it makes sense outside of the U.S. to shop Freebie. Yeah, so maybe it becomes just an international brand at some point. Yeah, could be. It could be that exactly. Yeah. But we've got some other topics we want to talk about today, right? We do. So let's move on. Just uh, from my end, I noticed that uh, Nielsen uh, released its latest version of um, the Gauge and had YouTube in the number one position for streaming platforms for the 12th month in a row. So YouTube continues to edge out Netflix. YouTube had 8.6% of viewing versus Netflix is 7.9. After that, it drops off very steeply to 2.8% for Prime Video, 2.7% for Hulu, 1.9% for Disney+. Plus. Uh, and 1.6 for Peacock and on down. So YouTube is continuing to benefit. Well, according to uh, Nielsen, January bumped everything. It bumped broadcast, cable, and streaming. And football was a big part of uh, the driver. In addition, colder than usual weather was cited by Nielsen. Um, It's interesting, uh, YouTube there was a separate interview that I read with a couple of their executives and they, you know, really pointed out that what's driving YouTube popularity on TV is, is their breadth and depth of content creators. And they noted that the number of creators 
who now receive a majority of their watch time on TV increased by 400 percent in wow. 2023. Now, I don't know what the base was um, for it to go up by 400 percent is obviously a you know huge increase, but I think it really speaks to how YouTube is migrating its viewership to connected TVs and that's being borne out in the Nielsen data that shows them again 12 straight months as the number one streaming platform. So YouTube continues to be clicking on all cylinders and I would expect that they're going to continue to be the largest streaming player for a while to come. What's your take, Colin? Yeah, me too. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, Will, that if people aren't paying attention to YouTube in the industry, they really should be. It totally makes sense to me that so many producers now are actually focusing on that platform and doing well on that platform. Engagement on television we know is so much better than on mobile devices. So they're gonna people gonna watch longer, that means that they're gonna see more ads and that means that everybody earns more in in this particular ecosystem. Uh, so I think there's there's that aspect. But the other aspect is that YouTube has just done a su- superb job now of sort of wrapping up everything that you need to watch TV. Uh, you know, of, of course, they have NFL Sunday Ticket. You can buy that directly through YouTube. You don't need YouTube TV. So there's that aspect. You can also rent movies through it. You can subscribe to other SVOD services through it. Uh, so it's a SVOD aggregation platform. They are licensing and rotating through premium content. So there's a selection of movies and of TV shows that uh, are constantly being rotated through that platform, which you can also do. There's YouTube Music, which is also wrapped in as well. So this is just a very, very complete platform. And I could see how quite a lot, for, for quite a lot of people firing up their connected TV and then going straight into YouTube and staying there would be extremely easy. And that should be very concerning, particularly when you're looking at how much time people are spending in there. So it's I, I think it's not just the fact that producers are doing, uh, creators rather, are doing extremely well in the television environment. I know they certainly do very, very well in our house. It's not just that fact, it's the fact that YouTube is now starting to get its arms around the premium video experience. And if it's successful, well, it's ubiquitous, right? Then what does that mean for tvOS providers? What does that mean for big providers like Netflix that aren't participating in the YouTube ecosystem? This is this is an important topic. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll be continuing to talk about it in the months to come, but We want to go on to our next topic, which involves going back to the rumor factory. (laughs) So you are in charge of rumors on today's podcast, so take it away. Yeah, so uh, another rumor that's been floating around is that Comcast and Paramount Global are reportedly in talks to combine their direct-to-consumer efforts. Uh, Both companies are looking to move their main services, Peacock and Paramount Plus, towards profitability 
And if the rumours of the discussion are true, they seem to believe that combining the offering will give them the scale to get there quicker. I'm, I actually looked at the numbers, Will, and I'm not sure, but we'll get to the numbers in a, in a minute. But the, the, the first point I want to make is this, this makes me chuckle. If these guys are talking about this, it's just going to be like a mini Hulu, right? Because you've got ABC and Fox on one side in who remained in Hulu. And now you'll have NBC and CBS in this other thing. Maybe we should call it Pulu since it's Peacock and Paramount Plus. I don't know. Maybe you've got, you've got an idea there. Um, but you'll have them on this side. And it's just ridiculous because if they had looked at hulu differently when nbc was in that in in a J, part of that original jv and maybe cbs should have looked more seriously at it they could have created a hub for broadcast content online there ready for people for when they transition to streaming and this product will would have been needed by just about every household in america they could have driven this well past netflix penetration basically if you have a smart tv you would have wanted hulu because that got you cbs nbc abc and fox but they didn't do that instead they fought over it and eventually it fell into disney's hands so if they if they do do this I don't know. Well, maybe it will be it'll work for them, but it just seems like they just just missed such an opportunity with Hulu to create that broadcast hub online. I hear you, and I recall when Hulu was being organized that uh, there was a lot of interest by the parties in getting CBS involved, and I don't recall the specific reasons why CBS decided not to and instead go their own way. But that's obviously what they did do. And then uh, we know that since then, Disney acquired um, Comcast's one-third interest, and that reflected NBCU going its its own way as well with Peacock. So now this would be a new configuration with um, Paramount Plus and and, uh, Peacock. And one camp, as you said, and in the other camp, ABC, Fox, and Disney. So it doesn't bring the industry as a whole any closer to providing something that's uh, complete to consumers, which I think is what consumers would, would dearly love to have. And it also keeps the um, the Spulu, as it's being called, JV, as an incomplete solution as well. So it leaves a lot of open questions. And you and I also had some fun kind of coming up with some names, some joint names between Paramount and uh, Peacock Plus, but we realized that most of them were X-rated and we probably didn't want to include them <laughs> in the podcast. We'll leave it to our listeners' imagination of what a uh, combined Paramount-Peacock name could possibly be. Yeah, and, and of course they're all X-rated because of dis- uh, NBC's decision to call Peacock Peacock, right? But, you know, in, in this deal, I, I got a feeling that if they're having these discussions, Will, this this is pretty tense, going to be a pretty tense discussion because I have to say I think Paramount Plus is in a much stronger position. It, the, the company says they have 63 million global subscribers. They lost about 238 million on 1.7 billion in revenue, I think in, in Q4. Peacock has about 31 million US subscribers uh, in the, and in the fourth quarter it lost 
five million on one billion in revenue. So Peacock is much further from profitability than Paramount Plus is. Now, the, maybe the argument here is not so much that they get to profitability more quickly, but that when they do ultimately get profitable, they move to scale more quickly and that they'll be able to replace their traditional TV revenue with this joint product. Uh, but boy, it seems like they're a heck of a long way from doing that. I was looking at Powermount's numbers. They generated $4.6 billion in revenue in Q3 23. That's just in Q3, $4.6 billion. And they made $1.2 billion profits on that. NBCU generated $7 billion in Q4. Uh, but they didn't make much profit on that. 108 million was all they made. So that's, you know, that's why I think this is probably pretty tense discussions. I think when I look at these numbers, you got to believe Paramount is in much better situation vis-a-vis -vis its DDC and, and broadcasting efforts than Comcast is and with NBC, NBCU. So how they come together to create a joint product well, that's, uh, that's kind of uh, difficult to imagine. I'm just wondering how this rumor got started. And maybe it's because Paramount Global is pretty widely believed to be up for sale. Uh, maybe that's how this got started, that maybe some people saw some senior executives from both companies talking and, you know, um, that's that we, we went from that discussion maybe about a purchase to think that they were going to combine the two? I don't know. Yeah, well, to your point, Paramount's streaming service has been around for a lot longer than Peacock. Peacock only launched in the past two or three years. And I think that they have been public in saying that their losses over the couple of years, maybe going into 2024, I think they said we're going to approach five or six billion dollars. And that really reflected the investment in content and marketing. So they are far from profitability, Peacock is, and um, they may just be realizing that with Wall Street's pressure to achieve profitability uh, on all streaming companies, all media companies for that matter, that trying to consolidate one corner of the industry with Paramount Plus makes a ton of financial sense because Obviously, they've been around longer, they're more established, and it would accelerate their timeline to uh, profitability. So um, I, I think it would, it, it feels like it would make some sense for Peacock to do, uh, to, to do this deal. Paramount, maybe not quite as clear. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Paramount, I think, could well go prop, could well turn the corner on its DTC services and go profitable later this year. They're that close. And, and the last item on my list for our discussion today uh, is the fact that they shut down Noggin, which has been kicking around, oh my goodness, for 25 years online. It became Noggin. They, they uh, turned it into a streaming service, I think in 2015, something like that. Uh, and they've shut it down. And I can only think that the reason they did that is that it's just a not, not a money maker for them. And they, they are really focused now on getting their D2C efforts uh, more profitable. So, you know, that's why I think Paramount Global could well turn D2C profitable sometime later this year. Uh, which I don't know, would you want? I don't know if I'd want to merge my profitable D2C service with a vastly unprofitable one. 
Uh, that would be a big setback, I think. Yeah, TBD on that one, and RIP to Noggin, which was a stalwart brand in the cable industry for a lot of years. As you said, it, I would think at least 25 years, if not longer than that. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's yeah. one of the few kid services that was separate kid services that has been kicking around that has been able to survive, and now, unfortunately, it's gone by the wayside. Yeah. Well, looking forward to next week, Colin, is uh, Video News's Connected TV Advertising Preview virtual event on Wednesday afternoon, February 28th. And you are moderating a great session there focused on why premium video, premium streaming video is increasingly ad-supported. We'll pick up on a lot of the themes that you and I have been talking about here on the podcast. And that is uh, next next Wednesday afternoon Eastern time. So looking forward to that. Yep. And I'm sure we'll be recapping some of the top points on the podcast on Thursday. So uh, I'm looking forward to it too. But yeah, if you can join us on Wednesday for those sessions, it's a really, really great event. There'll be lots of interesting stuff. Great. Thanks, Colin. And thanks everybody for listening. And we will see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.